Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDB credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I want to welcome to Hollywood Dreammaker, a guy who's a prime example of how you can turn your life around from a negative to a positive and make your dreams come true. You might know Emilio from his role as Marcus Alvarez, El Padrino, in Sons of Anarchy, and his new show, Mayans MC. I mean, he's appeared in hundreds of television shows, movies, family business, Z Nation, Con Air, Traffic, Bruce Almighty, A Man Apart, Spider-Man, Venom, you name it, he's been on it. I'd like to welcome Emilio Rivera to the show. Welcome, Emilio. Hey, Billy. Hi, thanks for having me, brother. And also Soldier of Fortune with Billy Gallo and also Texas Walker Ranger yeah, with Billy Gallo. Right, okay? yeah. So we've done it together, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. You killed me on Walker, Texas Ranger, and I think I paid you back on Soldier of Fortune. <laughs> you chased me down. Yeah, with exactly. Yeah, we, it we, it we had a shootout. I think I arrested you. I didn't <laughs> exactly. I didn't, I didn't exactly. kill you, but I, I know I arrested you. Yeah, you know, you know, the fun part is, is you know, being in the business and watching you come into the scene. You know, I came out to Hollywood with two hundred bucks in my pocket when I was eighteen, straight out of Brooklyn. You know, I didn't know anybody and I made a career for myself. I had my own TV series shortly after, you know, you know, I, I was in the game, you know, I was working left and right, you know, and then I started watching, you know, I get out on auditions and I'd see guys come up and I, and then I'd have an audition like to play a gang member, you know, and I'm a, I'm a method actor, you know, I'm, I'd be going, doing some research and I'd be hanging out with some vatos and, you know, get my Pendleton on and you know, my crease pants and I'd be walking in, hey, what's up? Hey, you know, and I'd be doing my, my best acting. And then you'd walk into the frigging room and I go, Oh shit, <laughs> this okay. guy's OG. This guy's the real deal. Well, and I know I wasn't getting that part. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. You know, Billy, you know, but that was my life. The first part of my life, you dig what I'm saying? So it was just pretty much being, you know, who I was in the street. You dig what I'm saying? Just, you know, Amp it up a little bit for them. And then when I get the gig, I would bring it down again because I would do what I had to do to get the job. But when the job came, I would say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it this way because this is the way it's done. You think what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, man, uh, I tell people, they always say, what are you, are you worried about? You know, aren't you mad because they typecast you? Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad I was a type, first of all. You know what I mean? Now, try to get cast. You know what I'm saying? So what I did is, I, you know, I ran with it for a long time. And, you know, brother, what it is is just, you know, be the best. Whatever it is, you're the best cop, be the best cop, be the best detective, be the best guy, be the best drug dealer. And then later on, they see that you can actually act and they start writing different pieces for you. You think what I'm saying, bro? So it's been a fun journey, bro. You know, and a lot more safer than when I was running the speech. You know what I mean? Can we go down that road a little bit? You know, sure. I, you know, this, I created this podcast for, to inspire young artists, actors, people that want to be in the business, stuntmen, whatever it may be. If you have a dream about Hollywood, you know, you're living proof that you can do it. 
You know, I'm living proof that, you know, it can be done because we have kind of, you know, when I was doing a little research on you, we have similar stories, you know, young. I mean, when I was running around Brooklyn at 16, you know, I was in New York. It was the other gangsters. Right, right. You know, that was, you know, 16, you know, I was running around. That's, that's, I had my idols, my role models on the streets. You know, my, my own man wasn't around. So guys on the streets are the guys I looked up to. And those were wise guys. You know, I remember being, you know, early eighties going to clubs. Those, they get me into the clubs and, you know, there'd be a guy in the VIP room and I, you know, I go, who is that guy? And they say, oh, that's Johnny boy. Well, that was John Gotti before he was John Gotti, you know, wow. I mean, that's the wow. whole scene, you know, and that's the right. scene I wanted to be in. You know, I, right. that, I thought I did until I saw that guy that I idolized get shot in the head in front of me. And at that moment in my life, I knew I didn't, and didn't want to go down that road anymore. Wow. You learned, you, learned, you, you learned it young, brother. You know, it's good that you learned it young. You know, I, I got in when I was 12, you know, in the, in the gang. And I saw a, a lot of fucked up shit. But, you know, I was raised in a, in a tough household, you know, besides the streets, you know, and, uh, and my family was like a bunch of tough guys. So it was like normal for us, you know what I'm saying? So, and then, you know, you know when, you were, when I was a kid, you know, you couldn't cry. You couldn't come home and they beat me up to school. You better beat the shit out of the kid back. You know what I'm saying? So there was no lose. You can never lose or you can never cry. And if you lost, you better not say that you lost. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So what, what happens, and then what happens when you can't cry, brother, is it makes you vicious. It makes you, you cry with these. You cry with hurting, you know, any way you can, because that's the only release you got. You know what I'm saying? It's a, crying was a, a, like a, it was a weakness. You were not allowed to cry, you know, so. I ran most of my life, and you know what I found out is, uh, you know, you know, I still do therapy and all this stuff. Tomorrow I celebrate thirty years clean and sober, brother. Wow! But, uh, congratulations, brother. Yeah, thank you, brother. But you know, but uh, I found out that uh, heroin and uh, uh, cocaine and uh, PCP was my. How do you say? Now they give you Focalin and shit. You know what I'm saying? Now they give you medicine. This that was that was my medicine, and uh, putting pain on people, brother, whether it was physically or mentally, you know. And that was my, and I did it way longer than I should have, brother. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and then uh, when I turned twenty nine, um. Uh, the, the drugs are already getting a hold of me. Uh, the thing was is that I was a good family supporter. I, I always good provider. I could. Uh, I always. I was not the smartest cat, but I was good with my hands. I'm, I was a mechanical engineer for wow. all this, you know, with the gang, the gang life and uh, the, the drug life. But at the end, you know, um, see, I would inject heroin and cocaine, you know, for eleven years. And uh, but then when I found out you can get the same high with a uh, crack cocaine, I got stuck on that. But in about eight months, nine months, that crack cocaine destroyed me bro i mean literally i mean all drugs are devil's drugs but that was the one you know what i'm saying um then i know my arm was twitching uh, i was going this way i was already a crazy guy i was already a very vicious guy and all it did was make me do more i thought i was indestructible bro, and nothing could stand in my way and and that's how i lived and but then a lot of things were getting well not only me but everybody around me you know and, uh, i can't say why i had to get sober it's just uh i'm just glad i did because um it wasn't it was just a couple more days and everything would have been done. You know what I'm saying? It would have been ugly. It would have been an ugly out. But, you know, even when I got clean, you know, uh, you understand I was kicking everything. You know, and it was cold turkey. It was through N.A., narcotics, anonymous, cocaine, anonymous, all that stuff. But I, for six months, brother, you know, my little house I lived in, I punched a hole. It looked like somebody went with a shotgun and blasted holes through all the house. But it was not shotgun blast. It was my fist going through the wall because um, I wanted to get high. But I just know that they had control of me. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, I was raised like a Catholic guy, you know. I've been a Catholic guy all my life. And, and at the end of the day, man, it's really weird. I'm going to have to say that. I have to say this because I always said that I would when I got clean. And um, 
So I was at wit's end, bro. I was done. I was done, bro. I had money. I was looking at a fucking rock this big, you know. I had money in my pocket. I'm losing my mind. I'm on a three-day binge, you know. And I, I just uh, started asking God. I said, hey, motherfucker, where you at? Where the fuck you at? I mean, like, like the worst you can talk to anybody. I was talking to him. And then on May 15th, bro, which is tomorrow, that's 30 years ago, I never got high again. I went through a lot of shit in my head. My head went through some trips. But here I am, brother. You dig what I'm saying? That's a miracle, Really brother. weird. You know, he was always there, man. You know, he was, it's just, uh, I, I was shunning, shunning him. You dig? When I called, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to push religion on nobody because that's not me. But I got to say, it is what it is. Amen to that, brother. You know, uh, it's really weird, man, you know? And, uh, you know, and it's the thing is that, you know, what is good is that I come from very, not only a tough upbringing, but, uh, you know, a uh, poor upbringing. You know, me and my brother slept in the same bed to where 12 and 13 years old. And I lost this. I just lost him two years ago. And it's, you know, uh, he got to stay with me for the last two weeks of his life. And he's my younger brother. And uh, it's just uh, the whole journey. is It's been a journey. You know, uh, I've seen and you've seen, you know, in the business that we're in, some of the most beautiful things that I've never was supposed to see, brother. You think what I'm saying? And the whole thing about this... Uh, Doing whether it's this or whatever it is that, that you have a passion for, to just enjoy the ride. And I've been blessed. I've been, how do you say? Um, I'm just very appreciative, bro. Because I'm not supposed to be here many times over. You dig what I'm saying? I hear you. And that's what I think it has uh, helped me in this business is that my gratitude when I go to work. It could be the smallest job. It could be the biggest job. I'm just happy to be there. You dig what I'm saying? I hear and, uh, you. Man. You know, it's a trip. Man. So you know, I know for me, acting saved my life. You know, it gave so me the only way a whole I can new... express myself without being less of a man. Exactly. You did? You got to use your all that stuff that you had bottled up, all that pain, all that anger, all that stuff, all that truth that you got to hand it over and expose it and reveal it through a character. You know, when that was magical for me. When I could I take all the anger and the pain inside of me and then just unleash it through a character, that was and you, and you know what, brother? I would do when I would do acting classes, you know, they would say do a monologue. I would just tell a story of my life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you know, I was allowed to cry. And at the beginning, I could feel I would leave and I would say, I wasn't really crying. I was just acting. But really, I was crying. But I was releasing. I was releasing. And then later on, now, I, shit, I cry whenever I want to cry. And I tell people, let it go. That's a real man. That's a, yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, it's just really weird how, man, bro, it's just um, so much wasted time, brother. So much wasted time that... Yeah, but here's here's the deal, though. You know, you you at 29 years old, you turn your life around. You say, "I'm done with the drugs, and now I'm going to pursue this acting." I mean, where did that come from? The whole acting thing. Tell me how okay, you well, check, started in the business. Well check, well, check this out, brother. Okay, so I had to see a therapist, you know, because I was, you know, I was going through some shit, you know. And when I was, I still stuttered, but when I was a kid, I stuttered bad. Okay, brother. So my therapist tells me. You need to find something that makes you feel good. What makes you feel good? And I couldn't think of nothing that made me feel good until the time I was eight years old and I was cast in a play called Rumpel Stillskin. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't know how I got cast, but I know I didn't stutter at all. I knew all my lines. And you know, when they applauded for me, brother, it was the best feeling in the whole wide world. Now, this is when I was eight years old, 1969. Now, check this out. So when I told him that story, he goes, well, then you need to go act. You need to go express yourself. I had to go that far back to find something that made me feel good, brother. Wow. And that's, we, and we ran with it, you know? And then I ran into my mentor, Bernard Hiller. He saw, he, he came, it was, it just, like fell in place. So this guy comes to my neighborhood. He's, he's just feel about being an actor, right? It just so happens I show up. 
you know, I'm all gangstered out, you know. That's how we do. Back in those days, we were just, we just really nice. But we had, our clothes were tailored to fit, you know, patched to match shoes, you know. So that's how I went to, I went to the meeting and he gives us his spiel. And I, and I said to him, I go, hey, man, I want to be an actor. And he gave me the direction. I go, no, I, I want you to teach me. I was one of those guys that was very forceful, you know. And he looked <laughs> at me. He goes, okay, I'll work with you. you know? So he, I went to his class, you know, and we did the 12. It was funny, but it was fucking funny, bro. Because I went to his class. Chelsea Studios. Remember Chelsea Studios back in the day? Sure. Okay, so I go to his class, right? And I went, and you know how actors are? They come very comfortable in their flip-flops and their fucking, you know, you know, their jeans. <laughs> and I went there. I would go bonnaroot out, bro. Like, like gangster out, right? Oh, and I didn't want to sit down because I didn't want to wrinkle my clothes, right? <laughs> so I swear to God. And he's like, he goes, Emilio, you want to sit down and join the class? I go, no, I'm good right here, man. I'm going to stand right here, you know? <laughs> and I used to have this, my mustache is big, but I used to have like a mustache that covered my lips, right, bro? And he told me, he goes, uh, Emilio, um, you know, you're actually a, a good looking guy. He goes, but you're, you're hiding your whole face with this big old mustache. He goes, next week when you come, I want you to shave it off. And bro, I, that was who I was, you dig? And I said, so I come back the following week and, um, and I trimmed it a little bit, right? <laughs> and he goes, Emilio, and for, he's doing this in front of the class, bro. I never had nobody tell me what the fuck to do. He's, now he's like clowning me in front of the class, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to hit him, but you know, I, I paid for the class already, you know? <laughs> so I come back the following week and I trimmed it even more, right? But I wouldn't shave it off. He goes, listen, if you don't come back next week without shaving it, don't come to my class no more. He was very, uh, very like that, right, bro? And I came back the following week and I shaved it off, bro. You know, wow. and that was, and what he did, he goes, what are you hiding from? Mm. I never looked at it that way. He did, wow. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was I hiding from? You know, wow. it was like, a, it was a mask, bro. Sure. It's you your know, man? persona. Yes. You know, and that's what it was. And then he goes, you know what? At the end of the day, he said, listen, you were great. He goes, um, I got to tell everybody they're great. You know, it's, it's a business, show business. We got to go on to the next level. He goes, but you got a lot of good stuff right here. He goes, and when it's real here, it's real here. Mm. He goes, I want to work with you. And you know what, brother? I would go to his house in Studio City every week, every Wednesday. And all I did for the first six months was go in his house and cry. And just fucking cry. That's all he let me do was cry. He just bring up a memory. And bro, it was just like, it was like, for six months. Then all he was doing was humanizing me, bro. Exactly. That was, was a good teacher. fucking humanizing me, bro. Yeah. He had to make me like a human before I can act. You know what I'm saying? And he, he just taught me so much. He just took his time with me. I had a very limited vocabulary. I still do. I mean, I, I know a lot of words, but, you know, some of them is kind of hard to, to pronounce. But every week I had to come back with a word and say, what, using a sentence. Like I was, it was like going to grammar school again. You get what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> But you know what? I was learning, man. You know, and um, and then it happened quick, but it really did. You know, um, after four years in '95, I did the Con Air, and I, they cut me out of the whole fucking movie. But uh, I got paid a, a nice chunk of money. So what I did is I bought four homes in my neighborhood in Frogtown, and uh, never had to look back, bro. That's all I've done since '95. It's been it's been a blessing. You know? Wow, wow, right, right. I mean, how does that happen? You know what I mean? That's amazing. But you know, the thing is, don't believe the thing. And I always thought, you know, why did God give me this song? It's great. It's a beautiful life. And that's because um, cause I speak to too many kids. I'm like a, a modern-day testament, you know, like, you can do whatever you want to do, brother. You know what I'm saying? That's and beautiful. Speak, and I speak to so many kids, bro. I mean, I go to different schools. Sometimes they come in, like, maybe 1,500 at a time, and I do assembly for them and, and just tell it like it is, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, I truly feel that that's what life's about, of being of service. How can you make a difference in somebody else's life? 
you know, for years, for years, for me, it was about me, my ego acting, you know, me, 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 me. Selfish. We're selfish. Was, selfish. Yeah, it was very selfish. It was all about me, you know, and I got the dream, you know, I, I got all the stuff. And I remember I was in New York. I was producing a movie. I was a producer. I was the star. I was a writer. I was living in a big loft in, you know, Soho. I had all that stuff that I thought was going to make me happy. You know, like I got it. And I was sitting in that big ass loft going, is this it? Right. Is this right. it? I was like, there's got to be something else. Man. And what I found is making a difference in other people's lives, being of service, helping other people achieve their dream, helping other people escape their realities, get, get out of the streets and, and go after something, letting them know that they do deserve it and they, they're good enough. Right. And when I have an actor that knocks on my door and has no idea how to get started in a business and I can help him and I can guide him and all of a sudden they're booking jobs and they're, they're getting their SAG cards or whatever. To me, that is more rewarding for me than when I was doing it, you know, the acting. Right, right. It's really right. weird how, how it works, you know, because you really find the true purpose, bro. Like, even when I got clean, I still did in my neighborhood until 2005, you know. So what happens is that my homeboys that were still, you know, fucking up, I was at the go-to house because I was like, every year where I live, you know, we used to party there before, you know, I, you know, so they'd come at two in the morning, hey, hey, homes, can, can you talk, you know, and a lot of, you know, in the neighborhood, there's somebody always going through some shit, you know, and you know what, I get out of bed, bro, I make them a sandwich, we go sit in the patio, and we kick back and talk, and, they were, and it was just sad, bro, uh, it was just really, really sad, I think that's why God kept me there as long as he did, then I, in 2005, I got a divorce, and then I left, I left everything, but I left, you know, gave everybody everything over there and started all over again. But I never stopped helping the kids. You dig what I'm saying, bro? And you know what? And that's what it was. You know, I wanted what you said right now. So I'm sitting on my patio one night and I'm smoking a cigar. I'm looking at my Hardys, my boat, my card. I'm looking at it. And I said, my, I saw it myself. I said, is this it? Is this is what it's about. Is, you know, it was really weird, bro. I had like a, what's it really about? And now, don't get me wrong, I, I'm good. I have less what I had, but I got a lot of happy, bro. I got a lot of motherfucking happy. Did That's awesome, man. I mean, you you, know, bro, you have a beautiful wife and son, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I have kids that are, that are 38 and 39. I wow. Two 39-year-olds and 38-year-olds, right? But it's, it was like a, starting all over again. And But you know what, bro? My heart is full of love, homeboy. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's just a beautiful thing, bro. You know what I'm saying? That you is know? a beautiful thing. That's what it's all about, brother. Love. Yeah, man. Love, love. <laughs> that's you know i don't have all that stuff anymore the material stuff all that stuff that i thought was going to make me happy but yeah. i have a beautiful wife i have a beautiful son i get to be of service every day to me that makes me the richest man on the planet i know a lot of rich people who are are miserable miserable <laughs> listen we you know being in the game i've worked with a lot of celebrities i've worked you with know, a lot of you know you know a lot brother. of people with a lot of money you know and they were miserable miserable so now, you know, like now is, like I said, this is, I mean, I mean God gave me another 30 years. So I'm going to be like Anthony Quinn already almost. I'm going to work till the talk. I, I can't work no more. But uh, if my is the last thing I do, which I hope not, you know, I had a good run, brother. I really did. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I had a, what a fucking life I've had, bro. I, I mean, a lot of times we can't talk about the things we've, son, we've seen and done. And a lot of times I won't say it because I don't, it's really weird though, but it's, it's because a lot of people won't have that opportunity, and I don't want to be showboating. Like, oh, he's showing off. No, I don't want to never be that guy. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of things that I've seen and done, it stays, you know, it was this picture right here. You dig what I'm saying, brother? Sure. Really, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's okay. You know, I, I lived it. It was fun, you know? I, I know. I hear you. Listen, I'm writing a movie right now about my childhood because I can't keep it in here. You can't make this stuff up, you know? 
It's got to be his film. <laughs> and brother, and think about this, how with the lives that we live, we live like about nine lives, bro. Think about this. Think <laughs> yeah, about it. I know. You know, and I, I remember when I was a kid, man, I used to like have these older gentlemen tell me the stories and I'm thinking, this is bullshit. How could you, and you know what? But now I'm the older gentleman now. And you know what? Yeah, it, it does happen that way, you know? How old are you now? 59. You look great, man. Thank you, bro. You know, it's amazing. It's, 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 yeah, no, thanks, bro. It, it, you know, it's, you know, uh, it's, I haven't done heroin or cocaine or beer in, uh, in 30 years, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's, so, that's amazing. But you, bro, you have, you fucking, you look, look at you. You look the <laughs> fucking same, bro. The only thing that's different is your fucking hair. That's all. <laughs> that's that's a, fucking great, dude. Uh, thanks, brother. But you know, it's also the business too, because, you know, it's like a ball game. I'm, I've always been a ball player. That's my, that's always my calling was ball, baseball. And, you know, and I've always been, I'm very competitive. I just dig the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, a, and this game is the one of the most competitive games. Always oh, yeah. pull for your guy. That's another thing, too, for the young actors out there. Check this out. You got to pay attention to this, man. I've always pulled for my fellow actor. I even call guys, say, hey, bro, I'm going out for this. Go check it out. Because there was like five of us that could really play that part, you know? And the thing was, they would be like, hey, bro, you're actually calling me? And I say, yeah, bro, if I don't get you, get a big deal. There's another job somewhere else, you know? The thing is, is always pull for your fellow man, pull for your fellow actor. Because when you start hating on people, what happens there is that you're too worried about what he's doing. You forget about what you're supposed to do. And that's to do the work. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You don't want to compare so, yourself. No. Yeah. We're all, we're all, you're Billy Gallo. I mean, Milo Rivera. That's Danny Trejo. You know, we're all individuals. And you know what? We can all do the job. It's just about who's going to get it that day. Yeah. You it's, know, but it's tough because, you know, I remember, you know, as a young actor coming into Hollywood, you know, you'd walk into that audition. You knew everybody in the room. You know who your right. competition is. You know, I used to love auditioning. I used to tell my agent, you get me that audition. I'm going to get that part. And I would, I get that part, you know, and I right, call right, on right. the way, leaving the audition going, they'll, they'll be calling, <laughs> hold out. Right. Someone, <laughs> right. I love I wanna, I'm going to play some hardball on this one. Right. Right. So right, I, right, I, I right. knew, but I always treated it like a fight, you know, like a heavyweight fight, man. I was locked down serious. Everybody's bullshit and talking, whatever. Don't, don't even look at me, but you used to do the same thing because I remember I'd see you at the audition and you were all serious in a corner. I'm I was in the other corner, all serious. Right, right, exactly. the, the ring, ding, ding. Because I Focus. knew I want to go in that room and knock somebody out. Exactly. You know, so, you know, and people have got to understand, you know, and then you got to understand this too. And there's some people who are trying to throw you off as well. You got to remember this. There's, oh, there's games. It's a oh, game. And you know that, bro. I and just come over there and they see you and they say, they go, okay, they know, okay, that's my guy, right? That's my competition. And they try to throw you off a little bit. You know what I do? Always be cordial. Hey, what's going on, bro? Little hug. And then go to your corner. Like you said, it's the best way to go to your corner. You dig what I'm saying? I tell my actors that all the time. Part of what I teach is not only the craft of acting, but I teach the art of the audition. Everything. I teach the lobby game. You know, I learned it on very early on. Do you, I don't know if you remember, there was an actor named Panchito Gomez. Of course. Yeah. So Panchito, when I go to the auditions, Panchito was in the lobby and he was talking about, I just finished working with this and I did that. And I did, I made 50,000. He was playing a mind game. He was right. everybody's heads before the audition. Wow. I didn't and know that. And he was that, so bro. good at it. He was so, you know, his dad was in the business. His dad was a, remember Scarface when uh, Al Pacino was washing dishes? I see being a sandwich. I, I get get in myself, hamong, whatever that scene. And he, a Pacino throws the dirty rag at him. And, and Right, right. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was his dad. I didn't know his that. Dad, his yeah. dad was in the business. He was a very smart, you know, he was in the business. He was a very smart kid. But he taught me the game early on. I knew when I'd see him at that audition, I'd say, hey, Pachito, I'll talk to you after the audition, man. Good, I don't good man. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, I'll see you later. But, yeah, you know, it's hard I, I, because what's hard is, you know, Ray Oriel, right? 
I've hung out with Ray about yeah. two years ago. Yeah, he, yeah. Ray looks great, bro. Ray yeah. can go back out there right now. He looks great, but he's a longshoreman. Yeah, so Ray and I, you know, worked on a, an episode of The Judge back in 1987 together. That's how we met, right? We're two gang members in a courtroom. And, you know, we became best friends. I'm the godfather to his son, Luca. Great kid. And yeah, yeah, he's a great man. But there was always, you know, there was always that competitive thing, you know, like you're working, I'm not working or whatever, you know. And like you said, I mean, I remember I'd go in on an audition for like, I remember it was a pilot and I went in on it and they were looking for somebody else. I knew I wasn't the right, but I knew it was Ray. So I called him up. I said, Ray, I told the casting director in the office that I got the guy for you. I said, call Ray. And I called him up. I said, Ray, call up this casting director, man. I just went into an audition. I know I'm not right for it. I know exactly what they're looking for. They're looking for you. He went in there. He got the part. Bought me a set of golf clubs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's but, great. You, know, you got to look out for each other, man. It's yeah, a small you do, business. Bro. Yeah, it's you know what, man. And like, you know, especially when it's episodic, man. Especially when it's episodic. Yeah, it's twenty-two episodes. They're gonna, so you don't get that one. They're gonna, and you do it. The thing is, you do the work because see, all you're doing is auditioning for the next job. I mean, they're gonna, if you do a good job, they're gonna call you back again. And you know, bro, I've been on some shows that you know it's gone five seasons. After five seasons, I finally get on. You dig, you dig what I'm saying? I, they, finally got, they ran out of guys. So I'm on the fifth season on the 22nd episode. Hey, but I'm on. You dig what I'm saying? And didn't hate on nobody. I had a casting director, right? I'd read for her. I'd rock the room. Thought I got the part. Wouldn't get the job. Then my agent called me back six months later and go, hey, you got an audition with that casting director. I was like, all right, I'll go in there. I rock the room. I don't get the job. I'm like, what's up? This casting director, she don't like me, you know? So he calls me up the third time. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go in. <laughs> you know, I'm busy. I'm doing something else. But here's what happened is I went in anyway, and I got that part. And that was that show we worked on, Soldier of Fortune. And here's the deal. I was at a rap party, and I asked her, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. You know, I thought you didn't like me. She goes, what are you talking about? I go, well, you never hired me. I came into your room, and I rocked the room, and I felt I did great, and I never got the part. She goes, I was saving you. She goes, I thought you were better than that role. I was waiting for the right role. And this was a reoccurring character on a Jerry Brooks. Soldier, yeah. Soldier, yeah. Soldier, his first foray into television. So she saved me for a prime role. But I thought in my head that she didn't like me. Yeah, no. Yeah, you, you can't. Know. You got, yeah, you never know. And a lot of times, well, it's not them. It's, you got other, about eight other people that are deciding this. You dig what I'm saying? And, and that's happened a lot of times for me too, brother. You know what I'm saying? And as I got more along in the business, when I, I really like the show, I wouldn't go for like those get started. I go, no, nah, I like that show a lot. I'm gonna wait for a recurring character. And that's what I would do. I would just say, and that's how I would do it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Especially if I like the show, you know? And it's worked out, man, you know? And just go in there, do the best you can do. And just another thing, do the best you can do and then leave it alone. Fucking leave it alone. Don't think about what you could have done different. And leave it alone because you probably did a great job because you, hopefully you did a great job. You better bust your ass. This is not a game where you can do a half-ass job because the guy next to you is doing 110%. You dig what I'm saying? So you got to be on it all the way all the way in and then leave it alone because otherwise you'll beat yourself up until the next one and that one carries over to the next one. So just yeah. leave it alone, man, you know? Absolutely. That's great advice because, I mean, I remember as a young actor, I'd be in the car running my lines over and over. I, I, I already did the audition. It's like... After the audition, exactly. Yeah, I didn't see you bro. It's over. It's Wash done. your hands, go next, move on. You leave a piece of your soul in that room, they're going to remember you. You outwork 
every other actor out choice I'm out prep I'm out everything you know I, I mean I was the guy who came in the wardrobe you know I'm I, I, you know if I, I'm I coming to, I, I, you know I, I mean listen when I get the role for you know I, I was clean shaven I get the role for you know the gang member gang leader whatever I had my makeup box from Cinema Secrets I had my mustache you know like the real yeah, 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 like yeah, glue down with a little spirit glue I could transform into that character magically right, right. in moments you know and you know and the scene we had in um in uh, on Walker in Texas Ranger. It was really good, brother. You, you're a good actor, bro. This guy, you, you, whoever's teach, you teaching, you students, that's a badass dude right there, brother. That's a badass dude right there. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, brother. The, Thank the you. thing is this, that it's like ping pong. It's cliche, you know, it's ping pong, it's a tennis match. But when you have somebody good against you, it just makes you better. That's all. You know? Makes you better. Yeah, man. I mean, I love working with you. When we banged heads in that show and we got... <laughs> we, that was awesome. It was on, bro. It was on. It was on. It was on. You know, and then when you shot me, I mean, yeah, let, let me ask you a question. You know, I, I know you've played a lot of roles where you've killed a lot of people and shot a lot of people, you know. I mean, I know for me, my career, I've, I used to have a, a closet full of bloodied shirts, wardrobe with squib right. holes that I would collect them. You know, I'd, at the end of the show, I'd say, I want that shirt, you know. And wow. I'd it me. So I literally had a closet full of bloodied wow. shirts because I had been shot so many times. Yeah. You know, but, you know, nobody ever taught me how to die or how to deal with squibs or explosives, you know, you know, you gotta be safe. You know, when you have gunplay on sets, you know, there's, you know, you look at Brandon Lee and you look at John yeah. Eric Hexum and you look at, you know, there have been a, a lot of actors that have been killed on set with guns that were supposedly blanks. Right. You know, I was, I was doing a picture in Texas one time. Right. And it was an independent film and the gun wrangler, you know, I, I was playing a Cuban cowboy and I had my, my gun was this old Colt, you know, and, you know, the gun wrangler came onto the set and he said, that, you know, they're full loads, you know, but you don't have to worry about it. And, you know, it's a big shootout scene in the house. Right. 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 You know, I says, can I hear how it sounds? I said, point it at that refrigerator and we're in the kitchen. He points it at a refrigerator and he fires it. It puts a dent in the refrigerator. Oh, fuck. Wait a second. You're going to point that at my face and it put it. So you got to be very, very careful. Yeah. When you know, we know we're shooting blanks, brother. You never aim directly. You know, they cheated. You never aim at the actor. You always aim to the right. And they'll cheat it with the camera. Remember that, okay? Please remember that. You know, I've been killed 28 times on screen already, bro. I, I, I want to do a tape, the Faces of Death of Emilio Rivera. You dig <laughs> what I'm saying? And, uh, and I'm always figuring a new way of dying uh, or a different way of breathing when I'm dying or dying on my eyes, eyes closed. A lot of different things because I don't want to die the same. But, you know, and I'm going to tell you this because, see, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those extremists, bro. I, I like pain. I'm not, I'm not saying I like, I just, but when you hit me, I want you to, it's not in the face, but in my body, go ahead. I want to, I'm, I'm more of a like, method to the max. I, I like to, I don't want to act. Sure. I've had a couple of crack ribs, black guys, you know. I followed Jim Cavizio on a movie called High Crimes, and uh, I cracked a rib on that one, and I got a black guy because I crossed the line. But shit happens, you know. But anyway, uh, about two years ago, I always tell the people that are doing my scripts to go as much as you can. As far as um, juice powder, up. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, I want to feel it. Because I want to feel it where it hurts. I mean, the next day you wake up bruised, but I just want, I don't want to act. I want to feel this shit, right? So two years ago, I had to take eight in the chest and sticks out the back, you know, from the scene, you know, because all these cops are shooting me, right? And I was a cop on the show with Brom Perlman. So check this out, bro. So as they're blasting me, I have eight, bam, I'm doing the chicken dance. I call it the chicken dance, right? But what happened is that, because I was wearing a loose shirt, when I'm doing this dance, one of the scripts turned around the opposite way. Oh, no. Okay, bro? So, bam! So, but, I'm, but they had this big old crane shot. It's a big old, I'm not going to cut it because this is a big shot. So I have three cameras on me. I hit the car, come down. And you could feel the fake blood because the fake blood is cold. It's just syrup. 
but then you can feel the warm blood, the real stuff. You know? <laughs> but you know, they got this kind of guy die. You know what I'm saying? My wife's crying and shit. So I'm not gonna blow the shot. So I'm fucking, and I'm hurting, dude. You know, but it's good for the can. It looks great. So then, you know, I go down, do all the shit, whatever it is. But in my head, I'm going, somebody had a real bullet, you know? Because there's like six cops shooting me, right? And I'm thinking this shit. And then they, and then they find me. I'm waiting for somebody to say, cut, bro. Yeah. And they said, cut. And they go, is everybody okay? And I go, I'm not okay, bro. You know, talking mm. about so what happens when they took out my shirt, the script had turned around and it cut a big C on my belly, bro. You know what I'm saying? It was only, not, it was, of course, it was just a squid, but it flipped around the opposite way because it's, it's yeah. in a, implosion you dig what i'm saying sure. and, uh, fuck me up pretty good bro you know what i'm saying but um you know i've heard a lot of worse a lot of worse stories bro you know what i'm saying yeah but you know you just gotta be careful bro you gotta be careful you gotta play i just safe. i just dig it let me ask you a question if you could go back right we got a little bird sing a little song for us <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back to the young you right and give yourself some advice what would it be you know what man don't worry what people say don't Ask questions. Don't try to be like the wrong guy. Don't try to be like anybody. You know, it's good. You know, my role models were like you said, you know, you like the tough guys. And those were my, because that's all I had in my, where I grew up at. You know, it was just like, oh, I want to be like him. Like, you know, it's really weird because I started hanging out with the older guys when I was real young. Like I was 17, they were 26. And, you know, we were, you know, then by the time I was 18, I was slamming heroin with them. And I remember that I was like, I thought I was cool. I was a tough guy, but I was a bad, I mean, I was really good with my hands. You know, I, I trained a lot. Anyway. But it was good for the speech, you know? And then uh, I remember we're sitting down and uh, there was some bad shit happening that night. And I was thinking back with one of the guys that I really looked up to, man. And, uh, he, and he was just all Indian. So I told him, I go, hey, Jack, um, I want to be just like you, man. You know? And he looked at me and he said, don't be like me, homie. I ain't no good. He goes, I'm, I'm going to be, because I just got out of prison. I'm going back to prison. He goes, I'm a dope fiend. He goes, I'm, he goes, um. Don't ever be like me. He goes, you're young, bro. You're good looking. You got, you can do something with yourself. He told me this, bro. And in my head, I'm going, why is he telling me this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, and I want to be like this guy. He's telling me, don't be like him. And he goes, I ain't no good, bro. So check out who you're on, what your idols are like, or who, or who you aspire to be. And really check yourself, bro. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, and the thing with me is that I didn't have to get in nobody's car to do stiff stuff. But I wanted to be, I was always wanting to prove myself, prove myself. This is so... If you were going to be the, the gang guy, I want to be the baddest gang guy. That's one thing. I, my problem was that I always wanted to be the number one guy, but for the wrong things, bro. You dig what I'm saying? It's just, um, yeah, I, I just um, don't care what people say about you. Sometimes you got to do shit because you don't want to hear what they say. Peer pressure is a motherfucker, bro. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I got to tell you something, though. You know, you should pat yourself on the back, brother, because you've accomplished something that is not easy. Okay. I mean, you're as far as the top of the list for successful Latino actors, you're up there, brother. You Thank made, you, brother. You made that list, you know? Thank you, brother. You know, Thank you. You talked man. about, you talk about Eddie Almos and stuff like that, but you're like working side by side with him now, you know? You know, brother, I tell you, bro, I just, I just gave him an award, like him achievement award, uh, like about, about six months ago. And it's really weird. I saw Eddie almost, check this out, bro. I saw him when I was, I was 17, I was running the street. Like they were doing Zoot Suit at the Aquarius Theater, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hear it's about a gang play. I said, fuck that. So I went there all bonded. I thinking I was all bad, homie, right? But fuck in my head. Fuck these dudes. Who are these guys, right? I'm a real guy, right? I can't stupid shit, right? And I sat second row from the front center. And I tell you, man, when I saw that, I was in awe, brother. I swear, I, the dancing, the, the singing, the acting. And you know what, man? Like, right there, I wanted to be an actor. But then, you know, my stupid self said, no, fuck that. They're fake, bro. I'm the real deal. And it sidetracked me. How stupid, right? 
So all these years later, me and Eddie have worked a lot of projects together, but I've always been in front of the camera, he's been behind the camera, different scenes. So we finally got to do a scene together in the Mayans last season. So, and I said, when I did the, uh, the, when I gave him the award, that scene was 42 years in the making, brother. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Since I saw him, That's you know what I mean? So yeah. how weird, how weird is that, bro? You dig? Oh, I know. I it's mean, just I, um, weird, man. You know? I'm going to tell you a quick story. So Dumb. I was, uh, let's see. It's probably about 16 when I was running around the streets, you know, I kind of ran away from home. I was living, you know, running around, right? 17, I got in trouble and my mother had to pick me up at a police station and I had to go back into her custody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here I am sitting on her couch watching a TV show called The Fall Guy. Yeah. Lee Majors. Lee Majors, yeah. It's Million Dollar Man. Remember, right. I grew up watching him. I, you know, I grew up watching him. It's a great show, bro. Yeah. So here I am watching The Fall Guy. You know, it's all about Hollywood and stuntman and behind the scenes and all this cool Hollywood stuff. And I remember sitting on my couch, staring at that television show, thinking to myself, and I wanted to get out of Brooklyn. I had people chasing me down. I was, you know, I, I never thought I'd make it till 18 years old. Right, right, right. But I looked at that TV and said, that's what I want to do. That's right what I want to do. So when I came out to Hollywood, right? And, you know, that $200 I came out here with, well, I ran out of that money real fast. <laughs> I had to get my hustle on and I, I needed to get an agent, right? So I went and I got myself a list of agents from the Screen Actors Guild. And this is back in the day before. You know how it was, bro. Thomas yeah. guy. It was a map, a big book, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> there was no cell phones and nothing. nothing and I literally bro. went down that list of agents and I knocked on each and every one of those doors through Hollywood, knocking the door slamming in my face. You know, I'm pitching myself like I'm the, you know, I, New York City, Brando, Pacino, Actor Studio, Lee Strauss, you know, right. or slamming, slamming, slamming. I went through the A's, the B's, the C's, the D's, and I kept knocking on the door. And I finally found an agent at Y. And you may remember this guy, Bob Yanez Talent Agency. Bob Yanez, this might be a little before your time. Bob Yanez was like the Latino agent. You know, he had, you know, What's his name? They got his legs chopped off in Scarface, uh, Ray Sarah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he, he had a lot of... <laughs> yeah, so he had him. He had a lot of, like, you know, actors, Latino actors that were working. You know, this is a guy. So Bob Yenes, long story short, he takes me on, right? He gets me my first audition. It's a guest starring role on The Fall Guy. Wow, bro. That was, see, that's... Yo, wow, bro, that's bro, crazy. yo, bro. The character's name is Billy. What a trip. So I go to the audition and I walk into the room and there's all these actors, you know, with their leather jackets trying to be Tom straight off right. the streets of Brooklyn, you know. Right, right, right. I right. got a diamond pinky ring that says Billy on it, right? That's funny. So, so I literally walked over to every actor in the in the lobby and I put my fist in their face and I said, What does that say? Billy, that's me. You can go home. <laughs> right? So I told everybody to go home because Billy had arrived, right? Then I get into the room with the casting director and, I, and I'm, I'm, the scene is I'm threatening other kids to deal PCP. So, you know, I'm putting fear into them, but I didn't know any better. So this is my first audition. So I went into the room and I grabbed that casting director and I pulled her out of her chair and I started threatening her and saliva and everything. She put her hands in the air like timeout. And she goes, timeout, timeout. She goes, okay, okay. She goes, number one. She goes, never, ever, ever, ever put your hand on a casting director ever again. She goes, number two, she goes, you're not leaving town, are you? And I go, no. Why? 
goes, you got the part. Wow. She goes, you can't tell the other actors in the lobby because I got to read them out of courtesy, but you got right. this part. So I walked out into the lobby and said, go home. She told me I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here I am. Here I am. 20th Century Fox on the lot in the New York City streets where they film NYPD Blue. Here I am. Right. And here's the crazy thing. I grew up watching Rocky, you know, Rocky one. Well, yeah, Tony Burton, course. remember yeah. Tony Burton, Apollo Creed's trainer. Right, 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 right. right okay. Yeah. Remember Jimmy Gambino. He was a short little guy who, who was uh, Rocky's trainer with, with Mickey. In, of course, in Rocky yeah, 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 yeah. Both of them were in the episode. Wow. So now it's like wow. I jumped into my television set. That 17 year old kid, I literally jumped into my TV and here I am on the set with Heather Thomas, Lily Majors, wow. all these people that I grew up watching and I had arrived. I yeah, did it. I jumped in. So that's, the that's a great story, Billy. That's visualization, story, man. Bro. That's the power. I got my SAG card on my very first audition. They tapped hardly you. Yeah, right on. Yeah, hardly me right there. In you, that you know, I tell you, bro, when, uh, and this is different now, but when I first got in, you know, my mentor has said, you know, there's a lot of, um, I won't say names, but there's a lot of associations that help out, they're like, you know, groups, you know? And you know what, man? There was two big ones, and I went to go. I wanted to be part of the clique, you know, part of their theater. And they said, we're not looking for guys like you. And um, they shunned me, bro. They actually shunned me, bro. You know, and uh, wow. And I checked. It's really weird, right? And I, and I was like, you guys do plays about guys like me, you know? And, like, you know, so they, they really turned their backs on me. And it was really weird. And uh, so my mentor said, well, you know, um, then go to a, a white school. You know, I went to an all-white Armenian school, Gendo College, and I studied there. And what it was, I was only Mexican on stage because I did theater and I did not theater before I did TV. And I wanted to represent so bad for my people. And you know what? I got discovered like pretty quick, bro. So it was really weird how, you know, they would tell me, because you know, this is what it was. They go, oh man, you know, this guy only goes out, does on bad roles and he's always a, not a great role model and this and that. But then it's really weird. All the people that shunned me back then are trying to do the roles like mm -hmm. me now, yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying? It's, it's, you know, so it's like, you know, it was just, uh, it was just, and I don't forget those things, bro. You know, it's like, um, cause it hurt my feelings, but, and I want, and, and me at the time I wanted to like punch people, but I didn't want to bring that to the speech <laughs> to, to over here. Yeah. Cause I was trying to make a change. You dig what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm just glad I, I held my, you know, kept my cool. And you know, it just, it just worked out, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, it, it was really weird, you know? And so, so what happened, I'm already like 12 years in. And then this guy, you know, as I started doing more roles, I'm playing the leader now, and these real guys, like real cholos, are behind me now. Because before you step back, just playing these guys, and I would say, bro, don't do that. Don't do this. I would tell them, because I want this stupid real, right? All of a sudden, I start seeing these guys who are really like, real dudes. So then um, I meet this guy named Manny Jimenez, and he goes, hey, bro, I'm starting this thing called Suspect Entertainment. So what happened was uh, I would have him send me 10 guys at a time to my house, and I would train them. Because I didn't want them to feel how I felt when I first started. Yeah, when that's wanted. awesome. You dig, bro? I and you know it. what? And a lot of those guys that used to come are they do they work a lot now. You know? So it's pretty cool, man. You know? That's awesome. When I see them on screen, you know, it I makes you feel like, good, man. Exactly. Fuck yeah, dude. That's, Fuck yeah. That's, that's what I do. I what I do, man. That's why I opened up my school, Manhattan Actors Studio. That's why I have the Hollywood Dream Maker podcast. Because listen, I've been there, I've done that. I got the t-shirt to prove it, man. Now I want to help other people achieve the dream. Yeah. You know? And if I can do it, coming from where I come from, from my childhood and the shit that I had to go through to get, you know, but now that, now that I look at it, bro, all this shit that happened to me as a child didn't happen, you know, it happened for me. I used to think it happened against me, but it happened for me because it's, it was a gift. I didn't know it then, 
but it made me the man I am today. It made me the father I am today. It, it made, made you the actor. Teacher, you are. The actor, you know, all that stuff. It loaded my actor toolbox, man. I had a lot of stuff, but just That's like you, you had a lot of stuff, a lot of pain, a lot of all that stuff bottled up emotions that you found a beautiful way to express it, not through your fists, but giving it to a character and to breathe that truth into the character. And, and to all your students, that's the deal. This is the deal, student. To all your students, remember, whenever you do an audition or a scene with somebody, you always got to grab a piece of you and put it into the writer's words. You dig what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. always put a piece of you because if it's a piece of you, something where you can subtext, it's always going to be real. You dig what I'm saying? Fuck technique. Fuck technique. Go by remember when. Don't go remember what if, what if. No, remember when. Because there's always a remember when. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I use, brother, you know? Just put your truth in there. I don't exactly. teach acting. I teach truth. <laughs> I don't want to see anybody acting. Exactly. How do you exactly. load it up? How do you make it truthful? How do you take a piece of your soul and leave it behind? And that's when they'll feel you because it's real. You're not acting. You're just being Ex truthful. Exactly, brother. Exactly. You know, man, it saved my life. It's made my, not my life is better, of course, you know, financially it's made me, but, but it's made my heart, my mind real cool. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I can see I, it on I, your I, face, bro. I see, I'm I happy. see, yeah, I'm I see happy, it on bro. you look happy, bro. You look relaxed. You look happy. You look peaceful. You know, you, you got a beautiful wife, Yachty. You have your son, what's your, your son's 13, right? 13. Yeah, brother. And you know, you know, we're, this is we quarantine. We, every day we go in the backyard, I throw the football with him. And I play basketball every day, bro. You dig what I'm saying? That's and, uh, awesome. You just got to keep, you know, keep active with him. Uh, you know, he's, and you know, bro, I'm going to tell you, but I got to tell you, bro. You know, this is another thing. Family is so important. Because me, I mean, if God took me tomorrow and I didn't have my family, I'd be okay. Because I got, I saw a lot of beautiful things. But right now, I got to live for my family, bro. I got to live for my boy and my wife. Because that's, that's all about them, bro. You dig what I'm saying? Absolutely. They, they bring me so, and my five dogs, I got five dogs. You know, I, I rescued three. I just love, bro. You dig? It's just love, bro, you know? That's it's a trip. Awesome. Listen, brother, God willing, I like to do, throw a little get-togethers here. And God willing, when this COVID thing goes away, I'm going to have a little Mayan party. And I would love for you to come over and hang out a little bit, you and your wife and your son. Bro. I would love that. You know, I would love that. We, we, you know, we could get the taco truck. You know what I'm saying? We just, we that just sounds like up. a party me. You know, my wife's... Listen, my wife's Mexican. My son, you know, is half Mexican, you know. Oh, right. It's, okay. I didn't know. Oh, so, right, we, right. you know, I, she's got an amazing family, you know, and I've been blessed to, you know, have a family here in California like that, you know, and that's a real deal, you know, heart, just a real loving family. And right, right. So, you know, I know the culture very well. I live it, you know. You know, my wife makes me chilequiles and, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I've been blessed. And I would love to meet your wife and your son and, Hell yeah, and have our boys run around movie. together and play together. Yeah, man. Moves. Yeah, brother. It'd be beautiful, that, man. That would be awesome. You know, speaking of COVID, you know, this is right now we're like, I don't know. I don't even know what today is. May 13th, I believe. 14th. Something like that. We're like two months into this thing, you know. And, you know, I love what you're saying, you know, spending quality time with your son and doing all that stuff. You know, for me, truly, I look at what's going on right now in the world as a gift. You know, it's really a time to slow down. You know, everybody's running, right, running, right, running. Right. It's a time to spend some quality time with your family. Go to the love, you know, spend that time that tell the people in your life you love them. Right. You know, and you know, you know what I do now? You know, it was funny because of our jobs because, you know, I, I'm, I have three shows, bro. Okay. So what happens? You is have that, three shows. I, yeah. But <laughs> and the thing is, is that a lot of times I'm not home for dinner. And these past two months, of course, I've been home for every dinner. And now what it is is that we have my son pray every night before dinner. 
And you know what, bro? It's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's beautiful what he, you know, where, where his heart's at. You dig what I'm saying? And uh, sure. start doing that, people. Start doing that, you know, and start doing some things that you normally don't do, which I did. Because a lot of times I miss dinner. We work long hours. You know how it is, brother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm digging it, bro. It brings it, you know, I cry easy now. So, but when I, when I tell you, when you say some of the things, it it's a beautiful thing. Well, it you, really is, man. You know, it really is. You're a lucky man. I am. We were you're both blessed. Lucky, man, yes, yes. We I, I'm blessed. the president. I'm the president of the Lucky Club, man. <laughs> I know <laughs> that. You know, yeah, I, I, I I thank God every day for uh, every day. Am, for the, you know, every day. You know, I, so truly blessed. Yeah, bro. It's um, and you know, man. I tell you, you know, as long as I've been clean, you know, um, sometimes life still hits you, brother. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it's life. You know, and sometimes it seems like it's easier to go back the other way. And then it's just for a split second, you know, split second, you know, sometimes, you know, and then, uh, nah, man, just, 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 um, you gotta love yourself first, brother, before you love anybody. But it's really weird how my love for my family is, um, it would hurt them too bad if I left. So I, I gotta be here. You dig what I'm saying? Bro? So different stages of life. You dig what I'm saying, brother? You know, I talked to Eddie, me and Eddie spent a lot of time together. Mr. Edward James almost. And I go, Eddie. Fuck, bro. Sometimes I just I just cry for no reason. He goes, "Wait till you get my age, bro." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's fucking cool, bro. So yeah, it's good. Awesome. So the heart just gets full with more love and more love. It's more. more That's peace. what life's all about, brother. It's yeah, about love. Man. It's not about you know all that other stuff. It's just about love. It, it really is, bro. Yeah, it's man. Really, That's what I'm finding. You know, in my life, like I said, I I just feel blessed. You know. Let me ask you, I want to wrap this up. First off, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you, Amelia. You know, you know, we haven't spoken in, I can't even remember the last time I saw you. It's Long been time, ago. brother. It's been, it's been, I think, I think we, you know, the last time we saw each other, brother, we were auditioning for a show called Arrow. Okay. And, yeah. and, and you walked in, I went, hey, what's up? Well, we just, we're that stone face guy. Hey, what's yeah. happening real quick? And then we got to, yeah. you know, and that yeah, was it's, it. It's been ages, but you know, when I reached out, you know, when I, when I created this Hollywood Dream Maker podcast, I made a, a list of people that, you know, I truly feel that their story is an, an inspirational story. You know, I feel mine is a very inspirational story. I made it. I got out, you know, I survived. I came to Hollywood. I made the dream a reality. You know, my last guest was a Academy Award winning writer, Bobby Moresco. You know, he came out of Hell's Kitchen, you know, had all that stuff and he made it to the Oscars and he's got that beautiful statue that he wrote the script for, you know I mean? Right. It's like, how do you do that? Like you, right. you, you change your life, you turn everything around and you know, now you live in the dream that the dream that you had, you went and you went for it and you took massive action, man. You went for that. You gave up the drugs. You started studying your craft. You started doing, you said you did like 30 plays before you got into Hollywood. That's what's, that's paying the dues. That's, you know, working the craft. Like even me, like when I came out to Hollywood, yeah, I was running the streets at 16. Uh, but then after that friend got shot, I went to New York City. I found a theater group called the New Family Theater. That's what I found. I found a family in the theater. I was pulling lights, curtains, right. doing whatever I had to do to be involved in that world. You know, you know. I started studying at Lee Strasberg, and I was doing play at Actor, Actor Studio. That I found a whole new life right. in acting. And you right. did the same exact thing. You know, I lost forty-four of my guys in the street. Wow, you know what I'm saying? You know, not pretty much all. You know, shot. You know. Uh, a couple of ODs, you know, some stabbing, you know, and I lost a lot of, you know, and the thing is, this is another thing too, bro, is that I wanted to die for the hood. I wanted to be like some kind of martyr. But as I, as time went on, when people got killed, you know, we'd go see your funeral. Of course, we bury you. But then life went on. You dig what I'm saying? It's just like, uh, you know, it was really, what's it really all about? And not that nobody cares. It's just 
people got shit to do. And uh, what was I fighting for? What was I, what was I dying for? You know what I mean? Sure. And, you know, it, it was really, what an eye-opener. And I remember when I was doing theater, you know, my homeboys, you know, they would, they would come. I go, yeah, I'm doing this play, man. Come and see me my play. And it was a trip. You know, I exposed them to the theater. They would be in the back, the whole back row would be all gang guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and they would, they would tell me, when you go in, don't write on the walls, don't scratch in the mirrors, don't, you know, <laughs> respect. You know, and they would respect, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's crazy. awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. man. What a beautiful thing, right? Emilio. Proud of you, man. I'm so grateful for you to take the time, you know, to share your story. Very Yeah, please share this with your students, bro. This is going to be beautiful for them. I think they need something they needed to hear. You know, I mean, most people didn't come from where we come from, but you don't have to go through all that bullshit to do what you want to do in this business. You dig what I'm saying? But the thing is, is you do got to work. You gotta, it's, yeah. a lot, it's, a, it's a lot of work, you know, and please don't get into this for fame and our money. Because more than likely, that's not going to happen. You dig what I'm saying? It happens exactly. to a very few. You know, I'm still waiting for my big break, you know. And if I don't get it, I'm still good. Because you know what? I get to do what I like, love to do. I get to express myself. I get to release, release, release. And um, make sure you're doing it for the right reason. Otherwise, and you know, because people can see that as well. You know, these people, these casting directors and directors, they're around actors all the time. And they can see the intentions. They can read people. That's what their job is to read people. You know who just passed away? Rest in peace is a Jerry Stiller. And yeah. I posted on my Instagram. He said, "On what do we do it for? Do we do it for the art? We do it for the money? Do it for the art, man. Do, do it, it because art. you have to do it. Do it because you have to let because, go. Listen, if you want to do this, you got to give 150%. You got to go after it with a vengeance. You got to yep. want it more than everybody because it's a very competitive business. But if you're hungry and you want it and you go after it like you mean it and you're unstoppable and you don't quit and you have patience and persistence. Can't quit. You can't quit. quit. Very good. Yeah, you got to, you know, at any point in your career you ever thought like, you know, uh, what am I doing? Maybe I should do something else. You know I can't because I've never stopped working, bro. I've never been more without a month without working. Wow. You know? and that's so, and I know. I, I know. I, I know. No, that's a lie. You know, um, I remember I, had, I couldn't stop working. I couldn't stop working. So then I was turning down jobs and I bought those four homes. So when I got into, I started doing my own construction to my homes, right? I was gutting them and doing all, I, I'm real handy, you know, and I mean, my uncle. And then uh, for eight months, I didn't work because I didn't want to work because I wanted to work in the houses. And then what happens, bro, I didn't work for another three months. And then I was spending money like crazy on the homes. So it was for investment, you know? It hurt because I couldn't go off like three times a week, right? So, <laughs> and then I said, it's, it was really stupid, like stupid, right? But you know what? I just locked myself down and uh, I finished the houses. And then, you know what? I went back to work again. It's just been a, it was just a, it's been really, I can't say I never had work. You dig what I'm saying? But I worked my ass off. And see, what it is, I'm a very, I'm a very slow reader. So what happens, like for me to read a script, for me to get it, bro, I got to read it like five or six times, right? But what happens those five or six times, I learn a new way of doing it. You get what I'm saying? So I'm going to kill it because I read it five different ways. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, you, it just, it's, it's a, a handicap, gift. but listen, it helped it, me out. Listen, it's a gift. You, you can say it's a handicap or you can say it's a, listen, you have to work harder. But when you're putting in all that work, you're rehearsing it so many different ways and whatever. Right. So you, you're locking that stuff in and you know, and then you can play. Once you free yourself of those silly lines, then you can be real and you can play. That's and you know, another, another thing too, man, and, and especially, and, and I say for all roles, but, um, if you're going out for like a breakthrough role, go in there prepared, man. You know, uh, me, I've never been a good reader, so I have to always be off book. It's just the way, because I'm from the theater, you know, and uh, so, because the paper gets in my way. 
So go in there and give it up. Because you know what? You get a chance. If you don't get the gig, you had a chance to perform, bro. You dig what I'm saying? That's it. You got to you gotta do it You gotta do it your way. Because when you go to set, they're going to probably change it. But in there, on that room, you got to do it the way you prepared it, the way you set it up, the way you wanted to walk. You know, it's cool, man. You know, I'm a big believer of you bring the character into the room. So it's not you and act audition. It's the character in the given circumstance. And you, you drop yourself in a real place. You talk to a real person. You personalize that. And you have fun in there. And that's the key, fun. Okay? Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. if you're having fun, guess what? The cast and director, the people watching you are having fun watching you. I mean, you can be crying, but you're having fun. You know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> hey, another thing, too. Let me t- I got to tell you this quick story, bro. I hope I'm not taking too much of your time. No. But. And be cool. Be fucking nice. Let me tell you something. I got to tell you this fucking story, right? So my first gig ever, it was a show called Renegade with Lorenzo Lamas. My first yeah. show, that's how I got tapped hardy, right? I remember there was a, the Indian guy was Branscombe Richmond. Remember yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Cool looking dude, right? So I saw Lorenzo that day. I'm seeing, I had a first job. I had a big old trailer. It was a cool, cool gig with Jesse Body Ventura, right? So I'm sitting on my stoop and I'm smoking a cigarette. And this background guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, bro, like, how did you get where you're at? You know, this is my first gig, right? So I started talking to him, bro. And then the guy that's guest starring with me, he comes up. He goes, let's take a walk, bro. So we take a walk. And he goes, fucking extras want to talk to us. And I didn't get that because, like, he was just asking me, check this out, dude. So I, was, I felt kind of weird. Like, like oh, he, well, he's just a, he's trying to be an actor, you know? And so I didn't get it. So check this out. So I go back to my stand. We took our walk. We spoke. The background guy left. So then now I'm sitting in my stupid again, smoking another cigarette. And then who comes in? Brand Scum Richmond, the fucking second star of the show, number two, right? So he's going, good morning. He's like so happy, this guy, right? And I'm watching him, you know, I'm watching from a distance because I'm kind of like a little starstruck on my first gig. I get to see him in person. And there was this lady who was sweeping around the the honey wagon. She was sweeping. And then he he goes, let me help you, ma'am. And he got the dustpan and he bent down and she swept it for him, you know? And then he hugged her. And bro, whenever I tell people about, uh, when they say advice, I carried that with me everywhere I've gone to every fucking job. You treat the bottom of the barrel as sure. well as you treat the highest guy. Absolutely. Everybody with respect. And I take that with me everywhere I go, my brother. Sure. What a fucking learning experience that was for my that first is, gig. That is know? a beautiful, thank you for sharing that. You know, I mean, that's what I tell my son. You treat people the way you want to be treated, you know? Yeah. You do the right thing. You know, I, I got to tell you, in the, in the business, I, I've, I've known, I've worked on projects back in 1987. And, you know, the guy that, you know, took my part, he became one of the biggest producers in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's like, right, it's crazy. Right, right. Yeah. Funny short story. I mean, I was working on a, a show called Cold Steel and Neon, and I was playing a vato, right? Okay. I was playing a vato named Rambo. You know, he's supposed to be all working out and tatted up and stuff like that. And I get to the awards. I'm, I'm in my, you know, trailer and I got my, my clothes on and stuff like that. And I see an actor and, and his name is Dean. I go, what's up, Dean, man? You're, you got, you, you're on this thing? Because, you know, we knew each other from the audition. He says, yeah. He, I, so what part are you playing? He goes, I'm playing Rambo. I go, Rambo? I go, I'm Rambo. <laughs> he goes, no, it's Rambo. I go, what do you mean Rambo? So my agent Bob Yenes didn't tell me that they had called and I guess because they couldn't use Rambo, they changed it right. to Rambo and he went from a PCP working out dude to like, you know, this kind of wannabe. So they, they told me I had to take off my wardrobe and give it to him. Are you serious, bro? Yeah. And this was one of my first jobs for Universal. So I didn't want to get fired. So I had to take a step back. And I played a character named Puppet, <laughs> you know, right, 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 right. His sidekick, right? Right. 
you know, but that was a bad agent at the time. Wow, you know, but but, wow. but here's the deal, though. That actor was Dean Devlin and Dean Devlin went on to become a, a huge producer, you know, Independence Day, Godzilla, you know, wow. massive, wow. you know. So, you know, you never know that actor that's, uh, you know, whoever it right. might be, you don't know who you're, that person right. might be the head of the studio one day. Right, right. You know? And, you know, and, and I've seen, and check this out, and I've been on the other side where you're casting, you know, the casting side. And let me tell you this, you know, so let's just say numbers. Let's say Billy Gaio, he has a hundred rating. Emilio Rivera has a hundred rating. Same, a million followers each. Now let's break it down. Who's the asshole and who's not? Because I got to spend 15, 16 hours with you. I'm going to hire Billy Gaio because he's a nice guy. Emilio's a dick. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because you got to understand. Sure. You got to spend 16 hours. Nobody wants to spend 16 hours with an asshole. And I've seen it, not a lot, but I have seen it and it's terrible, bro. It is really, it's ugly to see, bro. It's really ugly to see. So always treat everybody nice. Always, man. You know? So that's the moral of the story. The story is you can achieve the Hollywood dream. Look what Emilio did. He went from a negative to a positive. He made his dream come true. He's living the dream. Okay. You know, I have actors sometimes they go, hey, I'm starting late. You know, I'm 20 years old. I go, you, you know, st- you know, you started at 29 and now you're working on three shows. So listen, yeah, it's brother. never too late to get started. If this is your passion, this is in you, then you have to pursue it. You have to go after it like you mean it because you don't want to go to your deathbed going, I should have, would have, could have. What, what if? What if? You know, what if? You don't want to do that. So go after your dreams. Go after them with a vengeance, with everything you have. I believe you can do it. Emilio believes you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Make that a reality. Emilio, I want to thank you truly from awesome. What a wonderful conversation. You know, usually I go 40 minutes. We're like, I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. It's all good, my brother. It's all good. I really really enjoyed this conversation. I I really enjoyed having this conversation. I, I really enjoy seeing you again, brother. I'm proud of you, man. You know, I remember when you got in the game, man. I see at those auditions, and you know, we, we now go, we, we, you, we go, we go, we go back, know, brother. We go back, brother. When I see you, and I see you on TV, and I see what you're doing, you know, I'm proud of you, brother. I'm proud you, of what you've Thank accomplished. You. I'm proud of how you you came from where you came from, and you overcame all that stuff. Congratulations on your 30 years sobriety. I mean, that's amazing, brother. So Thank God you, bless brother. you. I look forward to this whole thing to be over, and and we can hang out. And you come out, we and you can. And if I call you, Billy, you come with your family. We're gonna have a good time, my brother. I would love that. You call me, I'm there. You got it, my brother. All right, brother. Take care. Take care yourself. All right. Good to see you, man. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.